Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Hello, Pete here from the Football Ramble. Now, if you want to take charge of your money, you need Revolut, the financial super app that helps you control every aspect of your finances. Used by over 20 million people around the world, Revolut does it all. You can send and receive money in over 30 currencies with no hidden fees and make instant transfers between Revolut friends wherever they are in the world using Apple or Google Pay. Download the app and sign up in just a few taps. Get three months of Revolut Premium for free. If you use my link, get.revolut.com forward slash football ramble, that's Today's episode is going to be a shorter one. We were going to pair it with a more high-profile case that has an abundance of information available, whereas this case does not. However, if we did that, Cherie's story would then not get the individual attention it deserves, and we feel this case needs more eyes and ears on it. Cherie did not come from a medium to upper-class family. She was in state care. She was going through a rough patch. But she has a foster family and siblings that love and miss her very much. And it was the inaction of several government and non-government agencies that prevented and potentially hampered the investigation right from the start. This is Cherie's story. Not much is known about Cherie's childhood. She was one of five children, and she had a very dysfunctional and troubling family life growing up. So much so, in 1993, when Cherie was eight years old... Her and her siblings were placed into state care and into the foster system. Something that isn't usual is that they were all placed in the same family. Frances Schultz and her husband met the children and fell in love with all of them, and they couldn't bear to see the children, who had already been through so much, be separated. Cherie settled into her new family with ease, She was an active child who could spend hours playing on the monkey bars at the local park. Frances fondly remembered Cherie being upside down more often than she was on her feet on the ground. Quote, I can actually still remember holding her hand as a little girl and the calluses on her hands. Unquote. The Schultzes would live in southern suburban Victoria, Australia and Cherie would start at Baronia Heights College. Teenager Cherie would be later described as being feisty and cheeky, with a love of horses, sport, art and music. She would spend hours in her room, singing along to her favourite artist, Jewel. Nineteen ninety-eight, and Cherie was 14 years old. She, like a lot of girls around this age, was fighting for her independence, 
and she would be at constant odds with her foster mother, Frances. But Frances wasn't the evil foster mother that you hear so often in true crime podcasts. She was really dedicated to making sure that Cherie and her siblings dealt with the emotional trauma from their past and they grew from it. It seems that Cherie's siblings were, but Cherie's teen years, it seemed to bring back some unresolved issues. What started out as normal rebellious, I hate you, I'm not cleaning my room, you can't make me, that type of behaviour, it manifested into self-harm and physical aggression. Frances and her husband were at a loss at what to do, but this behaviour was starting to have serious effect on her siblings, and after 13 social workers in six years, the difficult decision was made to place Cherie with another foster family in Maroolbuck. Hello, Pete here from the Football Ramble. Now, if you want to take charge of your money, you need Revolut, the financial super app that helps you control every aspect of your finances. Used by over 20 million people around the world, Revolut does it all. You can send and receive money in over 30 currencies with no hidden fees and make instant transfers between Revolut friends wherever they are in the world using Apple or Google Pay. Download the app and sign up in just a few taps. Get three months of Revolut Premium for free. If you use my link, get.revolut.com forward slash football ramble, that's get dot revolute r-e-v-o-l-u-t dot com forward slash football ramble the change in environment didn't seem to help though it actually made the situation worse Cherie seemed to be even more depressed being away from the only real family she knew six weeks before Cherie disappeared she called Francis and apologised for her actions. She asked if she could come back home. Now, in the year and a bit that Cherie was living with her new foster family, she had been spending some weekends back with the Schultzes. And the weekend after this phone call was one of those weekends. Cherie and Frances talked about what this return would look like and what needed to be done to make this happen. They both agreed to start taking the steps necessary so she could return to live with the Schultzes. All in all, it was a really positive visit and Cherie seemed happy and excited. Cherie was also excited about her upcoming 16th birthday, which was in about three days' time. She had sent out invitations for a birthday party and she had also bought her family some Christmas presents. What I'm saying is, Cherie had a lot to look forward to. Her birthday and Christmas and transitioning back to living with the Schultzes, who she considered her parents. Cherie had her problems, and she wasn't happy with the foster family she was living with, but she had never run away before. This brings us to December 12, 2000, the day Cherie went missing. It was a Tuesday and Cherie had a midday appointment at the Knox Dental Group in Waterna South in Melbourne's eastern suburbs. It was one of two dentists at the Tower Point shopping centre. Cherie would walk out of the dentist at around 12.30. Now, for reasons we don't know, instead of making the phone call at one of the many public phones at the Tower Point shopping centre, 
Cherie would make the five-kilometre or three-mile walk to the corner of Shellkirk Avenue and would turn a road to a phone booth. This walk would have taken her about 45 minutes to an hour, but it is now 2pm and she'd made a reverse call home to her new foster family for a ride home. Now it is possible Cherie was planning to make the 15-kilometre or nine-mile walk home and then a third of the way through the trip, she realised just how far it was and then made the call home for a ride. And this phone box was on a main road close to a bus stop, so there is always a chance she planned on taking the bus home. From all reports, either her foster parents didn't pick up the phone, or they did and couldn't or wouldn't pick her up from the phone booth. What is known is no one ever reported seeing Cherie after this, and it would seem that she disappeared into thin air. December 13, 2000. Francis called the foster family to speak to Cherie. The two were in constant contact, even though Cherie had not lived with the family for over a year. Francis was told that she wasn't there, and basically no one knew where she was. This set off alarm bells for Francis, but because Francis wasn't the legal guardian of Cherie at the time, her current foster parents were. When Frances attempted to report Cherie missing, she was told it had to be done by a family member. Now this is crazy to me. We all know the early hours of the investigation being the most crucial. The first 24 to 48 hours can mean all the difference between finding a missing person and not finding them. So in order to report Cherie missing, Frances contacted Cherie's older brother Perry, who was in Queensland at the time for end-of-school celebrations. And it was not like he could call the police and report her missing either. He actually had to walk into the local police department to file an official report. So because of this, Cherie wouldn't actually be reported missing until December 18th, six days after she went missing. Now apparently the Foster family did advise Anglicare, which is the non-government charity agency that arranged the foster care placements but the foster family advised Anglicare that Cherie was missing. But for reasons I don't understand, this information was not relayed back to the police. Big mistake. Massive mistake. During the later coronial inquest, the coroner would be highly critical of this and the lack of communication between the government and non-government agencies. Because so much time was lost in the search for Cherie, potential evidence was lost forever, and eyewitnesses' memories were faded and tainted with time. There are a couple of theories that are being floated around on Unsolved Mysteries and True Crime forums. Theory one is that Cherie chose to run away and started a new life, that she wasn't happy with her new foster family, and it was said that she was depressed. But things were changing. She was working towards moving back in with the Schultzes, She'd planned an exciting 16th birthday party. She'd already bought her family some Christmas presents. She had no history of running away. She has not accessed her bank accounts and did not take any personal belongings with her. Nothing about Cherie's disappearance suggests that she ran away on her own accord. And the coronial inquest, which was held in 2003, agrees with me. 
the coroner came to the determination that Cherie was killed soon after her disappearance, although it could not be determined how or who or why. Theory 2 goes down this route, and that Cherie was abducted by person or persons unknown and murdered shortly after her abduction. But if she was abducted and forced into a car, wouldn't we have reports of this? I would imagine this would have created quite a scene. And if not reported at the time, surely after the missing person report was released by the media. Cherie was described as trusting by her sister, Tanya. Could she have been offered a ride by a stranger and willingly got into someone else's car? Someone with nefarious intentions. This person made a move on her and she rejected them. He got mad and murdered her. Cherie's case has been tied to that of the case we will discuss next week, that of the 2011 disappearance of Bung Siraboon. Cherie and Bung lived in the same area and went to the same school. Both disappeared walking to their destination. While Bung's case has received a lot of media attention and has been featured on several podcasts and YouTube channels, Cherie's has not. Although both girls' disappearances are just as sad and devastating as each other, they are two of the 17,500 children that are reported missing in Australia each year. However, both these cases were not investigated until after those crucial initial hours were lost. So next week on Stolen Lives, the haunting disappearance of Bung Siraboon. Cherie Westall was almost 16 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was medium build with brown hair and hazel eyes, with a gap between her front two teeth and a pierced tongue. She was last seen wearing a grey wind cheetah and dark blue jeans. If Cherie is still alive today, she would be 36 years old. If you have any information on the disappearance of Cherie Westall, please contact Crime Stoppers on 1-800-333-000. If you have your own thoughts on the case we discussed today or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss any episode and join the discussion group to share your ideas and theories. You can talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, and on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please share on your social media of choice and rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. We are now on Patreon, so if you are able, please become a patron for as little as $2 a month for early release, ad-free episodes and exclusive content. Thank you to our newest patrons, Olive, Crystal and Mary M. We really appreciate your support. This week's episode, research, scriptwriting, hosting and production is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Hello. 
Hello, Pete here from the Football Ramble. Now, if you want to take charge of your money, you need Revolut, the financial super app that helps you control every aspect of your finances. Used by over 20 million people around the world, Revolut does it all. You can send and receive money in over 30 currencies with no hidden fees and make instant transfers between Revolut friends wherever they are in the world using Apple or Google Pay. Download the app and sign up in just a few taps. Get three months of Revolut Premium for free. If you use my link, get.revolut.com forward slash football ramble, that's get dot revolute r-e-v-o-l-u-t dot com forward slash football ramble if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all listen up CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.